When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Impact Books. Today we are reviewing Presuasion by the very famous social psychologist Robert Gialdini. Uh, He wrote another book called Influence, uh, which was an amazing book, really, really liked that one, and so I thought I would dive into this one, and it did not disappoint. And this one is brought to you by Simon & Schuster. And the thing that I really like about this book is it's basically a very long format way of detailing out this obsession that I have over focus. Because my friends, you get what you focus on. This is one of the driving forces in my life. One of the things that I think about all the time because where you apply your attention is going to give you a certain result. And the easiest way to explain this, this is something that they detail in the book and and I'll go into more detail on it in a minute, um, is happiness. And So many people in life are looking for happiness and really one of the most fundamental rudimentary things that is going to serve you in the quest for happiness is to put your attention on it, to to literally think about the things in life that make you happy. All right, I won't derail myself. I could go on about that and I'm sure I will when we get to that section in the book, Um, but what you put your attention on matters. And one of the things that he makes really clear in this book is if you want to persuade somebody, if you want to have the kind of effect on people that no matter what your job or your mission in life is, being able to persuade somebody of something is incredibly powerful. And I'm going to assume for the sake of this book review that all of you have good intentions, and I think that is incredibly important. Um, What you're trying to do really does matter. But if you want to persuade somebody of something, you have got to be aware of context. And that's what he opens the book with. And the gist of it is the best persuaders understand that you have to prime people to be sympathetic to your pitch before you begin. And this notion of priming has been around for a long time. It's really, really important because basically what it's saying is the frame of mind that somebody's in is going to be critical to the way that they react to something. And I think we've all had the experience where you get asked the same question twice and you give two totally different answers. And that's one of the things I actually enjoy about doing our Facebook Live Q&As is I'm not even sure how I'm going to answer the question sometimes because it really does come down to what your frame of reference is at that moment, what you've been primed to think about, what the associations are that you're making. And those 
And those associations are, are critical to giving you a specific outcome. So if you're trying to persuade somebody of something, being cognizant of setting that stage, of putting them in a certain frame of mind is really, really important. And this is what Gialdini calls privileged moments. He said, these are those brief windows of opportunity that open when somebody uses a persuasive opener, as he calls it. And he gives a great example of a story in his own life where he went to write this very book and the book ended up getting delayed uh, because he was reaching out to uh, a college, uh, somebody that he knew at the college to essentially put him up, to give him a place to work and focus while he got this done. And the guy was very generous and had given him an office and a secretary and all the things that he was going to need to facilitate that. And then basically, um, when the author said, hey, I have, uh, you know, if there's anything that you need from me, just let me know. And the guy said, well, actually, yes, there is something that I need. And I need you to uh, teach this class. Uh, and it was a master's level class, if I remember correctly. And um, Gialdini knew that if I say yes to this, I'm actually going to miss all of my deadlines on the book. But the guy's been so nice. How do I not say yes? And so he does. And the book ends up being delayed something like two years because of that decision. And he just could not bring himself to say no to that because of the, the principle of reciprocity. And he goes into, and this is really covered in his book, Influence, but he runs quickly through it. And he says that there are six psychological universals to persuasion, and they are reciprocation, liking, social proof, authority, scarcity, and consistency. And so this guy had triggered in his privileged moment, he had set up Gialdini in a position where he basically had to say yes. And so that's a great example of understanding how you can create these privileged moments by triggering one of those elements of um, influence. And so putting that into your pitch, understanding how people respond to things like that is, is very critical to setting up the moment. And the other thing that, and this is where we get into my obsession with focus, is what he calls channeled attention. He said, this is a human tendency to put too much emphasis on an idea once you turn your attention to it. All right, think about that for a second. And there's a great quote that he gives in the book, and this is from Daniel Kahneman. He is one of the most famous behavioral economists, uh, an amazing guy, has written um, some incredible books, and I encourage you guys to look him up. But he says, nothing in life is as important as you think it is while you're thinking about it. And it's the while you're thinking about it part that's so important. And it, it really is that simple. When you put somebody's attention on something, they're going to be looking for what's called the positive test strategy. And that's where they're looking for hits rather than misses. And Gialdini goes into a pretty interesting uh, time in his life when he was actually palm reading at parties and stuff, which I found very bizarre. Uh, but nonetheless, he said, I could tell you that you're stubborn and you'll agree with me. And I could tell the same person later that same night that they had a flexible personality and they would agree again, even though that he had already told them and they agreed that they were stubborn. And he said the reason they do that is the positive test strategy, that people are looking for the moments, the memories, the things in their mind that agree with what's happening and what's being said than they are for the absence of something or the miss. And that he gave a really, really interesting example, again, going back to happiness, where they did a study, and if you ask somebody if they're unhappy, they're 375% more likely to say yes 
I'm unhappy, than if you'd flipped it and just asked them if they were happy. Think about that for a second. Just saying, are you unhappy versus saying, are you happy? Make somebody 375% more likely to say that they are unhappy because they're looking for those things that confirm that in their mind. If, if you put the notion of unhappy in their head, they start cycling through their memories, things that have happened in their recent past, things that have gone wrong, things that have gone bad, moments where they really have felt down because you've primed them to think about unhappiness. But if you flip it, prime them to think about happiness, then all of a sudden you're going to get the same result and they're going to be that much more likely to tell you that they are happy. And so that is why, man, you've got to really be careful because when you're obsessing about something, when you've got some major life decision, um, it just seems like it is the end all be all. And this is where the Buddhist concept to me comes in of this too shall pass. And just saying that is like a psychological reminder that when you're obsessing over something, when it has you chemically and you're focused on it, it's going to seem massive. It's going to seem like this is a forever state. But my friends, this too shall pass because it's just a matter of attention. So anyway, you can push yourself, force yourself to just focus on something else. And when you focus on that, you're going to find that just moving your attention over to that makes the other thing more real. And... Uh, yeah, so be really, really intentional about what you put your focus on. And there's some really cool studies that he goes into the book. Um, I'm not going to go into them all here, but it, it's worth getting the, the fleshed out moments of how the studies were constructed and all of that. It's really, really fascinating. Um, and there's a, another thing along these lines from political scientist Bernard Cohn that he goes over in the book um, talking about the media and press, uh, you know, with this uh, attentional um, blindness the way that we get primed to think about something. And he said, the press may not be effective most of the time in telling people what to think, but it is stunningly successful at telling them what to think about. I found that really interesting. I mean, look, I'm not a political guy, but wow, when you start thinking about merely swinging somebody's attention through the coverage that you show, it becomes just incredibly, incredibly important. What you decide to watch, what you decide to look at, focus on, um, is just, yeah, that's, uh, be careful, my friends. And just keep in mind that the people that are putting this stuff in front of you are hyper aware of this uh, kind of thing. All right, and... This was an interesting concept, and at first when he brought it up in the book, I didn't quite understand what he was saying because it's worded in a weird way, but I don't have a better way to word it, so I'm going to give you his wording, and then I'll sort of walk you through like what happened to me in my own mental process. And he said, people have a tendency to believe that what is focal is causal. And I was like, uh, what? Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean exactly? And what he is trying to get across is that when you... When something is more prominent, literally just more prominent, even in something as simple as your field of view, when something is more prominent, it has more weight, you believe it has more impact, and so you actually get to the point where you believe that it has like special properties in what he calls being causal. So take, for instance, the most famous example he says is of the when Tylenol had the cyanide poisoning. So in an effort to protect everybody, Tylenol released the lot numbers. They pulled everything off shelves. They said, if you have this lot number at home that you need to get rid of it, it's potentially tainted. 
And those numbers then became so ubiquitous in the media. People were talking about it. They were printed. They were published. Uh, but they were just super common numbers. Like there was nothing special about them whatsoever. But people began to play them in the lottery. And they began to play them in the lottery so aggressively that there were uh, there was at least one state that had to stop people from playing those numbers because they had surpassed their liability premiums on their payout insurance. That is bonkers. This is these are numbers that are associated with like death. People were dying from the cyanide poisoning. And people were taking those numbers and playing them in the lottery, which seems super bizarre until you understand that the the numbers being so ever present, the numbers being talked about so much lent them this power. And when you start to think about one of the things like celebrity, what makes celebrities so potent for advertisers is in their ubiquitous presence in our lives, in being literally bigger than life on a movie screen and occupying our, our minds for hours at a time, is that they begin to take on this magical power of seeming causal, of seeming like they have some potency, some thing that the average thing doesn't, but it all comes down just from putting your attention on it. It actually, there's nothing in their behavior, their actions, like these numbers, there's nothing about them that is particularly unique other than they take up attention, they take up physical space in our field of view, and I keep coming back to the field of view thing because Gialdini goes into false confessions where people have said that they did something that later it's proven that not only did they not do it, they couldn't have done it. And what they find is when you show the video of that confession to a jury, it matters who's on camera more. And that... If you show the person confessing and you show like the 16 hours, right, as they sort of mentally chip away at them and finally get them to confess, if you show the person who's confessing, then they're going to believe, oh, yeah, that person really did it. But if you show the interrogator, just put them more on screen, then people will believe that the confession was coerced because the person that they see talking more feels causal. It feels like the ideas came from them versus the person confessing. Change the camera angle and you change everything. That really freaked me out. And the author was saying that, you know, if he's ever um, being interrogated, that he is going to force them to move the camera to a neutral position so that both people are in frame because he said that makes all the difference in the world when you show that back to the jury. I just found that utterly, utterly fascinating because it shows the depths to which attention, focus, line of sight, what our mind is taking in subconsciously really, really matters. Another interesting concept that he talks about in the book, and this is a direct quote, he said, just as amino acids can be called the building blocks of life, associations can be called the building blocks of thought. That jumped out to me because I'm really obsessed with that notion of I don't care if there are any um, unique ideas left 
You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. To, to be had if, you know, there's some um, breakthrough of an idea that's never been thought of, and that's going to be my unique contribution to the world. But I'm really, 
really interested in making unique connections. And it goes back to that idea of ideas in equal ideas out and feeding your mind new ideas, new to you. They don't have to be new to the world, but new to you. You're going to make unique connections between things that possibly nobody else has ever made before. And that got me thinking about environment and what you surround yourself with and what those ideas are that are coming into your minds. And in the book, he talks about motivation and motivational posters and whether surrounding yourself with these ideas has any impact. And he said he started out the study thinking that motivational posters and slogans and all that were totally garbage. And he said that in the end, though, he completely reversed his position because he found that if you gave people training materials printed on plain paper or training materials printed with the image of someone winning a race that the people who got the image of people winning the race were 60% more effective at raising money. That happened to be the job that they were doing. That's crazy. Merely priming them with the visual image of someone winning, which is associated with like determination and pushing past, that they actually did that in their job. And so I think a lot about this obviously today in social media where you've got Instagram accounts mine included, where it's like you're you're trying to put out this positive stuff into the world and you have to ask, like, am I wasting people's time? Is this really doing anything? And to see that it's effectively priming, that it does have an impact. And my thing is, if you can take that priming, get people in a headspace that's effective, and then help them execute you can leverage the priming to the maximum. So it was really, really interesting to go through those studies and to see how effective this kind of thing really is. All right, there are routine examples of when people persuade themselves into thinking that they have problems when they don't. And this was one of my favorite parts of the book, um, all about self-persuasion, that you have to be really careful with your own attention, your self-directed attention. And so as persuaders, we can obviously move people's attention to where we want it. We can prime them to be open and ready for a message. But the person that we're priming the most often is ourselves. And they call this the medical student syndrome. And this is where medical students become convinced that they have whatever disease they're studying while they're studying it. And the crazy thing is you can literally warn them and... um, the, the t- teachers in medical school do, they tell them like, hey, there's a saying called the medical student syndrome, you're going to have it. And even though they tell them that, as soon as you start studying, say, the appendix, then people become convinced that they have appendicitis. And that merely knowing where the appendix is, which then puts your attention in that region, makes you more focused on sensations in that region. And then even the most like mild sensation becomes some sign of a catastrophic problem. And this is, they also give an example in this of people who smelled gas and said they had a headache and were feeling lightheaded. They evacuate the building only to find out later there was no gas leak. Um, But everybody, because the person said, oh, I smell gas and I'm feeling woozy, other people were like, whoa, I'm starting to feel woozy too. Like, what's going on? And then you get this epidemic of all these people who feel woozy, even though there's nothing wrong. Uh, Another one where uh, actors in plays will say, if one person, just one person starts coughing, then it's going to turn into a nightmare because then another person will start coughing, and then another, and then another. And there was a, a time where, I don't, I don't remember what the setup was, but Janet Reno, who at the time I think uh, was uh, held a high-level position in the government, I'm blanking on what it was, um, and they 
were convinced that this coughing fit meant something. And so they like evacuate the whole building and find, nope, there was nothing. Just one person started coughing and that led to another and another. And yeah, it's contagious. And he says in the book that like there's a, uh, I forget the exact words he says, but it's like there's a cough inside of us waiting to come out at any moment. And all you have to do is start thinking about the upper area of your chest, which I'm doing right now. And it actually makes me want to cough. It's crazy. All right. Um, part of what makes that phenomenon happen, again, is just focusing the attention that triggers the the problem. Um, so, my friends, be be very cognizant of what you focus on. And now that brings it all around to happiness. And I found this. I took copious amount of notes uh, on this in the book. And they did a study on unhappiness. And they were looking at how older people actually have higher happiness ratings than younger people, even though they're, they have less time, uh, they're more prone to illness, they have physical weaknesses, but they are happier than young people who are in their prime. And he details out the three things that come out of the studies um, that you can do to actually make yourself happier. And they're really simple, but I think really effective. One, count the things you're grateful for at the start of every day and give yourself concentrated time, as he calls it, with them by writing them down, which is you're spending more time thinking about it. Two, cultivate optimism by choosing beforehand, and I love that, by choosing beforehand to look on the bright side of situations and future possibilities. That's super important. If you don't think about that ahead of time when something bad happens, you're just gonna focus on the bad. But if you've cultivated before anything bad happens, this notion that I will force myself to look on the bright side and to think about what's possible in the future, then you'll, um, you won't get stuck in that negative pattern. And then three, negate the negative by limiting the amount of time you spend dwelling on problems or unproductive comparisons with others. And that goes into how you get yourself out of that, um, you know, when, when something negative happens, um, just what you've decided beforehand that you're going to focus your time on, that's how you get out of that. I thought those were incredibly powerful and um, he gives this notion, this is like super tactical, um, that I think everybody can use just on virtually everything. It's really, really simple and really powerful. And it's called If, When, Then. And this is his strategy for following through the things that you say you're going to do. So, for instance, if a uh, waiter, and this is the example he gives in a book, um, he says, if the waiter asks if you want dessert, when dinner is done, then I will say that I'll have the mint tea. So you're doing the if, when, then. So if the waiter asks when dinner is over, then I'm going to say I'll have this, that, or the other. So getting in a habit um, with that, like take um, working out. If I miss the gym when I have an episode of um, Impact Theory to film, then I will work out later at night, which, by the way, I never do that because that's so painful. Uh, I just make sure that I get up early. But that's a, a great example of if, when, then. So you want to have a bunch of these if, when, thens planned out for the moments where you're likely to um, skip something. So when I had an episode to film back at Inside Quest, that, oh, God, that was always like the day that I would take off from the gym because I was like, I just need the time to like really plan. Uh, and so I, I just had to, I was end up taking the, the time off from the gym because I felt justified because, oh, dear God, uh, as you guys well know, I'm not a huge fan of working out. But it's got to be done. So you come up with an if when then uh, that keeps you true to what you say you're going to do. And that, uh, I just love that. I thought that was super strategic. All right. That's all the stuff that um, I'm going to put into this. This one is already getting long, but I really, 
I really like the book. I thought it was great. I thought it has a lot of really, really useful examples of how things work, how the mind works, how priming works, how you can use it in your own persuasion. Super important. I went super deep here in the review on focus, and I would say realistically that probably was 65 to 70 percent of what the book comes around to. Um, but he gives a lot of great examples, and definitely has you know 35 uh, ish percent of the book that's on all other kinds of cool and interesting topics. Uh, so guys dive into this one. You will be rewarded. You will get very usable stuff. You will be intrigued. And that's something that I absolutely love. I just love it when something really captures my imagination. There's a lot of great things in here that does that. Uh, so dive in again, Persuasion by Robert Gialdini. And be sure to subscribe. If you haven't, this is weekly. I'm trying to do this to add value to your guys's life. And if it is adding value, my friends, please let somebody know about it. Pass it on, share it, go rate and review on Stitcher and iTunes. That would be amazing. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.